Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Uh, I ain't going to have much good to say about him. I can tell you this. He doesn't care two bits about the people that live on Staten Island and Brooklyn. He, he, he has a podcast that he has to create content for that he talks about. You know, sort of, he needs drama to you know, feed his podcast, right? He's a fraud. He's a fraud. He's becoming a jackass at a time when we need to have a serious debate about the future of the party and the country. Hello and welcome to the Alexis Pereira program. I quickly forgot what uh, the name of the show was. I'm your host, Alexis Pereira. With me, as always, is the Alexander the Great to my uh, Aristotle, I guess. Uh, Alex Estrada. Alex, how are you? Very well. Thank you. Thank you for that classical uh, reference there, uh, implying that we're a pederast together. <laughs> well, he was the... Wasn't Aristotle uh, Alexander the Great's? Uh, he, was, he was. He was. He studied. Yeah, Alexander the Great studied under uh, Aristotle in the Socratic tradition. Unbel- white people have the best schools. I swear <laughs> to God. You know, here we are over here. Uh, how has your week been, buddy? How's your new? My, ap- you moved into a new apartment, right? I, I signed a lease on a new apartment, and I'm in the process right now of uh, doing sort of a gradual move. So we're starting to bring like the spices over, some of the some of the plants, a couple of the books. Uh, oh my God, it's like you just traded with China in the <laughs> 1400s. My there gosh. You go. Exactly. Except I, I still hold on to my intellectual property for now. So well, there you go. And you know the fireworks are cheaper. Oh <laughs> uh, boy! Well, you know, I just went to the park today. So, you did, yeah. Which uh, which park? Well, we went down to uh, a park in Astoria called Socrates uh, Park, uh, and uh, you know, just had a lovely time. Uh, uh, it was a little colder than I thought, you know, it would be, but uh, otherwise, it was pretty nice. Very nice, very nice. Uh, did you wear a trench? Anything under the trench coat this time, or what? You know, uh, I. <laughs> <laughs> Legally, yes, I have to say yes, but uh, you know, physically, no. One of the things that I hate about the uh, new Corona era, other than the deaths, um, is the uh, when people's dogs come up to you, you're like not sure if you could touch it. Mm. Have you noticed that? No. Yeah, it is. It is kind of a uh, kind of a thing. I think for the like in uh, at Park Slope, uh, you know, the dog run there, everyone's sort of just like you know, it's it's. Like we've all been good, right? All seven hundred people out on the Great Lawn right now. <laughs> so, it, like, I, I wouldn't say that it's yeah. For the most part, like people, I don't think people have imposed. Like maybe early on, I think um, they used to have like these six foot signs up that were like, "Oh, this is how far apart everyone should be." Uh, but the thing is, it seems like the scientific consensus so far has been that dogs are poor vectors of the coronavirus. Maybe so, it's not as much to you know. There's there's less risk from petting a dog than there is from say. Um, having thanksgiving with uh 50 or closer relatives hey hey, hey, and hey indoors at an applebee's alexis no you know what i wanted to take all my gal pals okay <laughs> over to chili's okay and show them that's, how much i care about them. That's, that's right thursday I... is a uh, harem night i forgot <laughs> hey, 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 hey. <laughs> that's that's 
by one night. Uh, have you noticed, by the way, I'm no longer holding my mic. I have that's right. a, a podcast arm. That's right. That's right. You this. Uh, we really have come a long way in these 26 episodes. Well, you know, I was glad somebody in the neighborhood finally dumped their podcasting boyfriend and threw their <laughs> podcasting arm out into the street. That's what I was really happy about. So, Alex, I am so excited about our next guest. All right. We have had some people who had been in TV shows years and years before. You know, uh, whatever, Zach, Zach Cherry, he was in a show called I Feel Bad for a couple episodes, you know, <laughs> uh, we had some people from, um, you know, Astronomy Club, you know, on Netflix, that was pretty cool, you know, but our first, we have our first actor who's in an upcoming show. Can you, wow. can you believe that? An I can't, I really, I, <laughs> I want to see which way this turns. Yeah, me too. Well, I'm excited. Uh, and uh, he, you might know him from the Bachelor show at the Pit Loft. Uh, <laughs> and uh, folks, uh, Mike Cavallon is on Boogie the show. Boogie Mike. Mike Cavallon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's, I think there he's we go. That's yeah. unmuted. How's there it going? Wow. Pretty good. The man. Bachelor. That's a that's a deep cut. I forgot about that show. I was there. I was at that show. Um, what a what a magical night that was. You know, I I was so jealous. Nine <laughs> women were vying for your attention, you know, and it's usually me vying for nine women's attention. There we go. We call that a uh, lineup. <laughs> when we when we did that show, I had never watched any of the Bachelor or the Bachelorette, but because we're in quarantine, I've been watching this current season and because it's like this is like the highest drama season ever. Yeah. And I kind of wish I like had this knowledge. I should have done some research going into that show, you know? Now I feel so, like I know so, how to play the game. There you go. That's <laughs> right. That's right. Uh how do you think about Tasha? Hot a uh, hottie, right? Gosh, so hot. Yeah. So hot. Yeah. There's that yeah. one guy who kept calling her a smoke show and guys were like, That's disrespectful. I'm like, he's calling it like he sees it. You know what I mean? <laughs> there you go. Detective. And he's doing pretty well, by the way. Uh I, I don't remember he, who it was. He he got into fi- well whatever for our bachelor fans <laughs> <laughs> for Aaron <laughs> yeah, yeah for Aaron uh, how has your quarantine been Mike what's, what's uh, it's up to? it's been good we we just barely caught up right before this started so I didn't know this until you guys talked about it but uh, I also just moved Alex so oh you did this is a new play that the the wall will not look like this this is the curtain <laughs> that the house came with and a blank wall. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I've been moving, um, and everything is still kind of a mess, but it's, you know, we're settling in, uh, and I've been shooting this new show. So it's honestly been pretty great. Things, all things considered are okay. Tell us about doing a show like in the middle of Corona, you know, a pandemic, like did, would you get started shooting like right before it hit or like what was going on? Yeah. So we started shooting at the very beginning of this year. Uh, so we got through a handful of episodes before we had to stop. Uh, and then we just started back up again a couple of weeks ago. Um, and so we, we have a frame of reference for before times and now we're in the after times. Uh, and there definitely is an adjustment period. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of protocols that kind of, I don't want to say slow things down, but there's, there's an adjustment in process. They a hundred percent slow things down. No doubt about it. Like you got to you know, wash your getting, hands. Well, oh, well, yeah, exactly. Forever hand above the waist, you know, <laughs> all that stuff. Uh, yeah. But it's all stuff that I'm, I'm very grateful for, you know, like I, it, it's like this thing where every morning I get tested and it's like, this, this feels like a microcosm for how America should be working. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
I'm so jealous you get tested every morning. Meanwhile, I have to show women fake test results. You know, <laughs> <laughs> to keep doctoring the date. Just to get buzzed in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it has. I mean, like this past week was uh, was something insane. There was a 50% increase in uh, testing this or in cases identified this past week. And they say it's because everyone was flying home for Thanksgiving. So folks who otherwise would not have been getting tested went out and got tested. Uh, and it's, of course, read like these massive, like you hear these horror stories about four to six hour lines in front of some places. Uh, I was just reading a, a tweet thread. That's how I get my news uh, oh, wow. earlier today. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. And this podcast, uh, obviously. I consider you a parlor man, my cat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Woods. I was, I was uh, and the thread was about how um, the reviews for the top scented candles on Amazon have all taken a nosedive over the past few months as people have lost their sense of smell, but not realized that they had COVID. They're just <laughs> a weird sudden increase in candles not smelling like anything anymore. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. First of all, this candle sucks. Second of all, <laughs> both my parents died. It doesn't smell or taste like anything. Yeah, what the <laughs> fuck? That, it's interesting, though, that people... Uh, I, I mean, I'm guessing these people were, had been deathly ill right before it, and they're like, oh, we'll go candle shopping now. Yeah. <laughs> That's the next step. Uh, actually, I saw this real fun uh, uh, picture up, and you know, I don't know if, if I agree with it. Um, it has a nice sentiment. Let me try to put this up here. Uh, but I think it has a sentiment that a lot of people, whether left, right, you know, progressive, conservative, can agree with. Um, you know, some risks are always <laughs> <laughs> worth taking. <laughs> you know, and uh, um, in case you're wondering, uh, this was drawn by a man named Bob in 2020, uh, <laughs> and uh, there is a mask. <laughs> <laughs> like not even a mat, not even a hug with the mask. Take the mask off. I want your lips to touch my lips, young lady. Yeah, you know, it is frightening. Yeah, yeah. It's clearly a rural environment as well. There's you know no houses for. <laughs> it, it captures a, a certain type of sentiment, but yeah. yeah, it's just like in the in the middle of the, no no one else as far as we can see this as far as I can tell this is a uh, this young girl was orphaned by COVID nineteen yeah. <laughs> and seeking comfort uh, in the hands of her only surviving relative who will Not soon a succumb. Cell phone in sight. Uh, cell, cell phone, phone. in sight. That's right. Some risks are always worth taking. Oh, for those who are listening on the podcast, um, yeah, just a little girl hugging her grandma. And the, the, the if you Google places. Bob 2020, it should come right up. I'm <laughs> there sure. you go. Or you get some discount furniture. Um, <laughs> Either way, you win. Yeah. Uh, so what? T- tell us. I mean, I mean. So again, if for those of you who just tuned in, uh, Mike uh, is on. My cat's behind me. Sorry, Mike is on a new NBC show coming up called uh, Mr. Mayor with uh, Ted Danson and That's correct. Uh, Ted Danson, uh, Holly Hunter, Bobby Moynihan, Bella Lavelle, Kyla Kennedy, and myself. That's a stacked cast. Yeah, truly. Yeah, it's it's insane. And gosh, like, what was it like? I mean, so this is like your first major sitcom part. Uh, it's my first series regular role. So I've done uh, a bunch of, you know, guest stars and recurrings and sort of uh, what we in the industry called day player parts. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is my first uh, like full time job that hopefully will go for several years. Uh, so it's been um, a different experience, uh, you know, preparing to play to inhabit this character for years is different from preparing to do a couple lines in one scene. Um, mm-hmm. But it's, it's been a, uh, an amazing experience so far. That's incredible. And are you guys filming a whole season? Or like, what are you, how many episodes are you filming now? And then you- uh, So we're currently doing 13 for season one. 
13 episodes and we're uh, almost halfway there with the filming. So um, yeah. And, and it's looking uh, like a fall 2021 for premiere. Uh, actually January 7th in a couple. Oh, months. wow. Okay. Yeah, that's we, coming up. We just dropped a couple trailers this past week. Uh, so you can watch those online and they announced January 7th as the release date. Excellent. I'm excited yeah. to check that out. Yeah. I, saw a couple of, I already saw the trailers. It really looks uh, pretty, pretty damn funny. So thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, even yeah. you're funny in it, so that's <laughs> well, that's saying a lot. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, Mike, if you're if you're not familiar with this podcast, it's a lot like you, if if you've ever seen the movie Blood In, Blood Out. This is all Blood In. <laughs> <laughs> I have not. That is who's in Blood In, Blood Out. Oh, I don't even. I think L- Lorenzo Lamas. I think. Let me check. Hold on. More deep cuts, man. Oh God, he. You know these DVDs he buys at the laundromat. I swear to God. <laughs> I told you, it's how I learn English. Yeah, well, that's how I. <laughs> Forgot it, I guess. <laughs> uh, so, Mike, uh, you know, you're not the only uh, TV star or future TV star uh, on this <laughs> that's podcast. Um, yeah, that's true. So, I this podcast is on the Authentic uh, Podcast Network. Uh, oh, and, the fine folks yeah. Authentic. I love them. Yeah, exactly. I believe you are also a fan. I am. Without that. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I am. Um, yeah. Uh, thank you, Authentic, for doing me this big favor and getting me Mike, by the way. Uh, <laughs> shout out to them. They had to pull uh, a lot of strings. It was a huge ask. <laughs> what we call a non-repeatable favor. That's right. That's what that. That's literally what they said. Your last last email of the year. They said, and next year counts as this year. Um, so uh, this this podcast, uh, they said, if it ever takes off, the, you know, they would love to make it a talk show. And one of the elements of a talk show is a monologue. Of course. So every episode of this podcast not every episode sometimes i'm lazy but most episodes i do a monologue where i try to inform people while making people laugh as all monologues do sure so. i and, and i love that you have the guest out for the monologue shaking things up <laughs> the talk show format it doubled the audience that's all i care about so uh so are, are you ready to hear this monologue uh let's hear it all right here we go <clears throat> and let me just get my customary uh, glass of water and uh here we go with my uh do you want do you want little sidekick interjections? Do you want Alex and I to give like heyos? <laughs> I'd love I'd love it if, if it's merited, it. Mike. Yeah, I sure. if he earns it, if he earns yeah. it, we'll give him you know the whoop and the holler, yeah. the Arsenio Hall treatment. But That's otherwise, right. it's respectful silence. <laughs> <laughs> sounds, sounds like my love life. All right. Uh, <clears throat> I recently saw a tweet from conservative representative and all over boys wrestling coach Jim Jordan which said, government should stay out of our lives and let us do what we want. But please, celebrate Thanksgiving. An ironic statement, considering I believe the U.S. House of Representatives is part of the government. But I digress. (laughs) Long walk, I think. Long walk. (laughs) This is part of the right's fake libertarian trick. Claim to want to be left alone but then attempt to reinforce conservative values. Take the war on Christmas. There is zero law anywhere disallowing people from saying Merry Christmas. In fact, I still say it to my mom when I ask for money. (laughs) But it sounds weird (laughs) to tell people to be Christian. In fact, it sounds kind of fascist. So instead, they always preempt statements with, Leave people alone. Hey, leave people alone so they can underpay minorities. 
The Federalist recently released an article <laughs> saying corporations have too much power. But before you think conservatives might be learning, like those dogs that learn to ask for food through buttons, they then go on to say that corporations have too much power when they expose liberal causes, like saving climate and women. <laughs> they literally say they wish corporations would go back to the good old days when they only cared about stockholders. Me too. I'd love to hear my salary was slashed to save Warren Buffett's dividend. That's the American way. Leave me alone so I can beat the shit out of the poor. Now I open it up to the panel. <laughs> wow. There's a panel. There is. Uh, okay. Do you All own right. stock? Uh, Mike, we'll start with you. <laughs> Uh, I don't. I, uh, I, I, I've always been uh, a poor. I've been one of the plebs for my whole life. So I mm -hmm. don't know how the stock market works. Uh, yeah. Do you have a no. business manager now, now that you're a big time? Uh, no, a, a I, I haven't. I, I have an accountant, which is the first time in my life I've had an accountant, which, uh, man, I should have had one of those my whole life because I, I don't know. <laughs> money. Yeah. Um, but uh, no business manager yet. I'm not. I'm I'm not rolling in it. TV doesn't pay. I mean, look, I, I'm not complaining about my pay. Like I, I'm doing fine, but it's not like, you know, it's not like business money, like oil barons, you know, it's just like, that's, it's a new level of rich that I'll never I get. I swear mm. to God, I'm going to clip out pictures of you from the paparazzi <laughs> and overlay that audio with just you <laughs> driving around with a Ferrari. Just pictures a, of a yeah, Mike man. getting uh, appointed to the DuPont board of directors. <laughs> 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 uh yeah no just no, a common man it. blood yeah, and sweat just, all that just, all that just a regular guy uh, living in trump plaza um <laughs> yeah no i get that but that, you know that's the scary thing like you're not like there yet but it's like when people make so much money they need to have somebody else who takes the money in and out i'm like damn that's fucking scary like yeah 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 to, no, further comment, like, yes. <laughs> no further comment. Yes. Wow. Wow. Advice from my lawyers at yeah. uh, Catawalder. I am uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> declining Ted, sponsors. Yeah, Ted Danson. If you're listening, uh, already. <laughs> uh, Alex, do you do you do you uh, uh, finagle with the stock market there? I do. I do those? fuck with the stock market. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, like everybody else, there was actually a massive amount of uh, sort of. I guess you call them retail investing in um, during the pandemic because you know we all go with those big uh, those twelve hundred dollar uh, Trump bucks Trump checks. Yeah. Uh, so I definitely dipped in, and it's you know it's a wild ride. I did the same thing too back in two thousand and eight. Uh, it's the like the joke that I say is that if you're playing the stock market, you're looking to get rich, not be wealthy. Because <laughs> um, mm -hmm. you know the typical advice is you just put it in, you leave it, you let your you know your stuff grow, whatever. Like the uh, the people who always come out on top are like the weird recluses who um, basically just like leave their put their money and just like forget about it yeah. and then don't touch it. Like that's the like tends to be the uh, the best advice. Uh, uh, as to your your monologue, Alexis, <laughs> this you you had some uh, real uh, bomb ass tags there. Emphasis Damn. on bomb. Uh, <laughs> Jeez, yeah, I Mike. Know. When Alexis says that he has a monologue, it's like the same way that Sam Shepard has monologues. You know, <laughs> that's an acting bit, Alexis. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't know. I know he had a theater where we did improv in, but that's all I know about. <laughs> uh, you know, I I played the only. So I mean, I have a four hundred one k. You know, but the, the only time I ever uh, 
played the stock market was I, I had I, I had two part time jobs right when the stock market crashed in like oh eight, oh seven or mm-hmm. whatever. And um so I decided to just put my money in the stock market. Um, and uh, I didn't make much, but I doubled it, right? But like, as to your point, and then I sold it because I was like, holy shit, double? I'll take it back, please. Thank you. Um, <laughs> buy an Xbox. Um, but but uh, as to your point, then every now and then I'll look, like, look back at like the stocks I had and like how much money I had. It would have been 10 times. Oh, yeah. 100%. Like, that's the, yeah, that's the, yeah, the, uh, yeah, when you're, if you're reinvesting dividends, just sort of like leaving alone. Uh, yeah, that's your return on uh, return on your returns, basically. Uh, and I suffer from the same thing too. Like, you know, I have money in and it goes up twenty percent. I'm just like, I'm like, sell because I'm like, all right, you take that money and then make more money with it. But the winning play is just to like, you know, leave it in and let it, you know, get to a hundred, two hundred, three hundred percent times yeah. your your initial. Uh, you know, that's how you get uh, Mike Cabillon money. <laughs> <laughs> well, most rich people. You know, uh, and look, here's the tough part. It's like if you're like most rich people don't work for their money, they just have it and it grows by itself. Then you get like some guy who like owns like a bodega and he's like, what do you mean? I don't work like I work seven <laughs> days a week, you know, but it's like that's not what I'm talking about. It's like most wealthy people, their money just exists and grows faster than their kids do, you know, so <laughs> you can you can circumvent that by not having kids, Alexis. Well, I wish you told me that <laughs> 10 years ago, buddy. <laughs> Eight fraternity suits ago. Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, that's all our viewers, right? Now. <laughs> so, um, so let's get into the news. This is a news show uh, where we uh, learn about the news and discuss it. Uh, Alex has a legal background uh, where he discusses the legal. Uh, Alex, what is the legal background for Israel assassinating an Iranian <laughs> scientist? What's going on here? We call that uh, real politic. Yeah. Wait, I didn't hear about this story. Yeah, there we go. Alex, you want to break it down for us? I mean, yeah, it's it's sort of like, it's kind of a repeat almost of the news we got at the beginning of the year. We thought like this would be the, uh, like sort of the big theme. We're a big fan of bookends in this world. That's uh, and a, uh, a top uh, nuclear, uh, I believe a physicist actually, mm-hmm. uh, was assassinated over the uh, over the week. And uh, the the signs uh, and the Iranians are pointing to Israel as the uh, as the source, as the one, as the the hitman, the one who pulled well, the Netanya- trigger. Netanyahu like legitimately pointed him out in a press conference. He was like, "They have many bad scientists or whatever," and he said, <laughs> including this guy. And he said, he even said, "Remember his name." <laughs> this man uh, who lives at this address, yeah. <laughs> and is allergic to uh, the falling types <laughs> of bullets. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like this is it, 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 this is sort of like the same kind of like you know the actions we saw with Soleimani at the beginning of the year. The United States had a drone strike of a, an Iranian general uh, who was linked to uh, attacks on uh, oil fields in Saudi Arabia. Um, yeah, I mean, like it's just sort of that like uh, you know crass kind of like international relations. There is no morality uh, if you can uh, strike out and uh, defeat a target. And you you have the opportunity, like uh, you might as well take it. Uh, that's Isn't that the scary, Mike? Isn't that scary? Uh, it's horrifying. Um, not surprising, but it is horrifying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So basically, one of the theories is that uh, Trump is trying to escalate a, a conflict with Iran right before Biden takes over, so he can do something. Uh, you know, I don't even know what he's trying to do, but he basically that if there's if they're ever trying to go back to that Iran deal with John Kerry. That shit is all fucked up now <laughs> because, uh, you know, 
they killed the general Salmani, you know, which whatever. I had a theory about that that they didn't really care that much, but now they killed their top physicist, and basically they're just like trying to burn bridges before any possible reconciliation, you know, when Biden takes over. Yeah. I mean, well, it's sort of interesting, too, because it's kind of, you know, you have you set up this game sort of where it's like, you know, members of the members of the military uh, and ostensibly members of uh, civilian scientific units. But, you know, in this case, I'm sure there was some application to defense uh, are fair game. And so if you think if it was reversed, for instance, and they started targeting our people, uh, like, you know, how horrifying and like uh, sort of enraging and provocative that would be. I mean, imagine if they started coming after our, our great actors like Alexis Pereira. <laughs> Thank you. you know, I was on the president show, six episodes. Here we go. You know, yeah. I run a very, a very influential podcast that has pushed the politics. You know, I mean, Trump was winning the, the polls until uh, this podcast started. <laughs> That's then, a good point, uh, actually. Yeah, well, yeah, that was sort of when the tide turned. You know, you have to reach out to the the, the hillbillies who listen to this podcast. <laughs> Let them know we're not all so bad. Yeah, so that's been that was kind of weird. It's one of those things where, when whenever these there are these international incidents, there is a lot of I think hysteria where people are like, "Oh no, this is gonna be World War." Oh no, like you know, and I, but and I'm not saying that it's impossible, but we have heard it over and over and over again. Like North Korea does something, oh here comes a war. Uh, you know. Uh, uh, you know, the uh, bombings in uh, Syria, the uh, the war in Yemen, uh, the uh, these attacks in Iran now. Um, they even like Iran even shot missiles at empty U.S. bases uh, after Soleimani was murdered. Like, right. And there were people like, oh, no, that's a war. I don't think that anybody has the stomach for a, a conflict. You know, I think people yeah. are just kind of like, OK, with this kind of small stuff. Um, yeah, well, they, so that, well, that's part of the argument too. Is that in the in this modern inter interconnected world, uh, sustained global conflict would just wreak so much havoc on on everybody, and so it sort of makes sense to kind of have these like uh, I guess you call them these giant provocations where people get freaked out about that. But then obviously there are diplomatic back channels going on. Uh, you know, these countries are talking with each other. Concessions are made. Horses are traded, and so it's a lot of it is sort of like theater in a way, political theater. Uh, but like, there's a, there's a an interest in sort of keeping the uh, the spice flowing, uh, to borrow from Dune, and so you're not going to get uh, a situation where you have a full blown hot conflict, uh, but you will see these flare ups from time to time as um, yeah. these sides posture and stuff. They said that, for instance, Iran initially uh, was sort of provoked because they wanted the deal, they wanted to keep the deal, and it's the same thing that comes up with North North Korea as well. Is that they you know they fire uh, they shoot. Um, missiles over South Korea whenever they like, they feel like starting a conversation again. Yeah, uh, and that was sort of like the pattern that was uh, sort of uh, taking part on the global stage. Uh, obviously, before coronavirus happened, and now they can't get I, any attention. I've dated many women who've gotten my attention that way, and uh, <laughs> you know, I think we all get it. It'd be really funny, Mike, if like uh, during the premiere of Mr. Mayor, like there's like a little scroll on the bottom, like you know, U.S. and Iran <laughs> declare war. Like yes, it would be hilarious if <laughs> my life were planted by World War Three. <laughs> you have Almost to, you have to admit, we elected Trump for four years. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember that? Do you remember 2016? Everyone's like, well, on the bright side, comedians are going to have a Oh, theme my there. God. Jesus. Oh. <laughs> I knew right away, man. I knew right away. I was like, there's no way because it's like 
there's a more irreverent person as president. Like that's that's. It's all agree, it's like, like. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, well, I was just gonna say, like, it's uh, we know. Sorry. Do <laughs> <laughs> you hear that? Yeah. What is that? I, I just got a Roomba that empties itself. Oh my god! <laughs> and I learned earlier today that the empty itself feature is—it's very short. It's over already, but it sounds like a jet engine. Yeah. <laughs> Wait. So does it empty on into a trash can, or does it's, it like so the, the like docking, the little dock that it charges at, is mm-hmm. also like a little uh, like it empties itself out into that, and then just like whenever that bag is full, you just swap it out. <laughs> That's they don't have your robot. Roomba has a toilet yeah. <laughs> in your house. Yeah. Oh my god. Could they please sell sound effects for the Roomba? Just be like, like, oh, fuck. Oh. Just, it's like better than the jet engine. You're like, well, I guess it's quieter. Oh, God. Um, no, I'm sorry. You were saying about uh, uh, the Trump and comedy. Oh, oh uh, yeah. I mean, we, we know this as, uh, you know, artisans of the trade, but, but comedy is rooted in, um, in deviation, in, in what is unusual, you know, taking what's normal and taking a left turn from that. So if you elect a guy who is all abnormal stuff, it's like there's nowhere to go from there. It, you, can't, you can't make yeah. it funnier than what he already is. You know what I mean? And it's, and it's not just, yeah, that's the big part of it. Um, it's not just deviation as well. It's, it's, um, it's when everybody else also has a reverence for uh, pomp, and, you know, like just basically we suddenly had a president who didn't, doesn't give a shit about any, anything, any tradition or whatever. So when you're trying to tell him you don't give a shit, he gives a shit less, you know? <laughs> so there's nothing you can do. Like you can't really, like you can kind of, magnify his weirdness and like talk about it that way but otherwise it's like you know the only real times where you can get him is in the very few times where he was interested in governing where he was like <laughs> you know just occasionally like i did a monologue about this like a couple weeks ago it's like he he very briefly was interested in healthcare. you you remember that like in 2017 where he was like interested in like maybe overturning obamacare and he just like he he, he it's funny because he he got into territory where I thought it was like very ripe to be made fun of, and basically also like he was a, a political target suddenly because of his failure. Then he just stopped. <laughs> so it's like we're just not doing it. We're just not doing healthcare. <laughs> so that is like part of it. Like his his not his lazy his abject laziness. It's like you know, so the president doesn't do shit. Well, there you go. Yeah. Uh, but now we got Biden, and now comedy is coming <laughs> back, baby. Yeah, yeah. Throw um, away your drama subscriptions. Yeah, it's time exactly. to turn back on the old. You know, start college humor back up. Get I have, uh, on your dad going again. <laughs> I have the opposite uh, belief. I think like during Trump, people couldn't hit the target. During Biden, people will be too afraid to hit the target. <laughs> like, oh, really? We're just gonna be like, yeah. <laughs> It's better maybe, than, ooh, you know. And maybe in his third year, we'll start, uh, yeah, poking fun. But you think he's making it to a third year? I mean, yeah, let's hope so. I don't know. I mean, but I guess that there is that thing, like, people, like, there's been so much institutional damage to the uh, the executive branch. And I think to the to the federal government itself, like, people feel like, you know, it's so fragile right now. Like, maybe we don't want to, um, you know, sort of do anything that could potentially push this thing into uh, collapse. So yeah. it's just, like, hands off for a little bit. 
Well, just, I'm, I'm very curious to see because, you know, Trump's still in it. He hasn't even conceded. Again, just another thing he just doesn't give oh, yeah. shit about. He's like conceding. He doesn't give, which, which is fine because I kind of agree. It's like, who cares? But he doesn't want to concede. And again, he's just all over the news. He said he's going to, there's rumors that he's going to kick off his 2024 run during Biden's inauguration. Like, <laughs> he's going to still be around. So I guess people are going to still be targeted on him. So we'll see. You know, except he'll be a comedian now too, basically. You know, it's just <laughs> fucking 24 hour Trump show. Um, all right. So speaking of uh, Trump, <laughs> uh, he lost another uh, case in Pennsylvania. Um, Alex, was this the one with two federal judges who were appointed by Trump or is uh, that the one in Georgia? I think that that might have been the, the Georgia si situation with uh, the Pennsylvania. Yeah, the Pennsylvania case uh, was through the Third Circuit Court of Appeals. And it's basically sort of followed the same pattern as uh, a lot of the other cases uh, in, in the sense that, you know, they've come out with these sort of general allegations of, oh, the election was stolen. There are millions of invalid ballots. Uh, but then there's no specific facts provided in the actual complaint itself. And so it's very easy for a court to look at this and say, like, all right, well, you say there's fraud. Uh, you don't describe it with any particularity because in your pleadings, you have to have particularity. That's the thing they teach you in law school. <laughs> and so the uh, yeah, so you, mean you, you have you, to be specific when you well, you don't case you don't necessarily court? have to be like, you know, say like, you know, oh, like on, on this date, this is what happened. But the thing is, if you let something like fraud, you have to give sort of a sense of what the like the specific facts of like what happened. Yeah. So like, for instance, you don't have to say like name all the parties involved because, you know, you might not know them. Uh, but you have to sort of be able to, at least in a case like this, be able to point at the specific thing that occurred. So, yeah. for example, like there's been a lot of stuff made on the uh, on alt-right uh, media accounts that are like, well, you know, Dominion uh, flipped the votes. They had a, a computer program that would basically count uh, one and a half votes for Biden for every vote for Trump. Uh, so that way, like no matter how many votes Trump actually got, uh, it would show Biden being the winner. And so the thing is, if you uh, allege that in a lawsuit, uh, you know, that can be a, uh, a grounds for fraud. But the problem is if you don't have those, if you're just making it up, uh, you know, that's a problem because that yeah. is potentially uh, gets into criminal, if not civil uh, misconduct. And if you're an attorney behind that, uh, you could be sued and, and lose your license potentially and maybe the, go to jail. The shit that cracks me up is they they have the second part of every uh crime movie where like you know you go to court and you take the evidence <laughs> but th they don't have the first part where like there's like a whistleblower or any or any evidence or anything like that like if this was like a movie there'd be a guy in dominion in germany or whatever trying to escape with like a disc and to, like <laughs> you know uh, what's her face um you know lynn wood or whatever or uh, you know one of those lawyers and he's like Take it, you know, please. It was one vote for every two votes for Trump. You must do it. And like he gets shot or whatever. And they're just like, we got this evidence or whatever. But like they basically what and I, I put it to I put the math together, right? Um so they've keep changing the uh uh their their story based on what they think they can prove, you know? So so if you took the math. Basically, in the, in the in the very beginning, they said all the votes will be late. Remember that they were like all the votes are going to be late, and they weren't. So so so, but they still kind of like ten million votes will be late, okay. And then the next part was like, oh, 10 million were fake, like those people didn't exist at all, like for the mail-in ballots, right? So so then they went, oh, 10 million of them were dead, you know, those those were dead. 
So those are all the mail-in ballots, right? But then they kind of were like, oh, you know what? This nobody, we can't find any proof of any of that, right? So then they were like, well, the vote counters um, changed those votes, you know, or whatever. Um, so that's like another ten. And then they were like, finally, they were like, they, they again, they were like, they have it on video, they have no evidence, they're like, fuck it. Then they're like, all right, fine, ten million of the Dominion votes were changed, you know, whatever. So basically, now we got they're alleging over time that there literally is no such thing as a Democrat <laughs> in the United States. <laughs> there are no Democrats. There's literally, there's only two people who voted for uh, Biden. It's me and Joy Behar. Right? <laughs> Everybody else just is a Republican or just didn't vote at all. All right. We're uh, all sh- uh, shy Trump supporters, right? Yeah, that's the... That's right. <laughs> I'm too shy. Um, yeah, I mean, but what's funny too, because this is also, this is another law school thing too. And it is a thing that they teach you where they talk about like sort of a shifting case strategy. And if you think about it in terms of like a criminal defense thing, like the first defense is always like, you know, that's not what happened. It wasn't me. And then it's like, all right, it was me, but, uh, you know, there are these circumstances about it. Like, you know, that's not what actually happened. Then it's like, all right, that is me. That is what happened, but uh, you know, I had a defense. It was self-defense. I, you know, I was defending someone else. And then at the end of that, if you get convicted, it's like, all right, it was me. I did the thing. Uh, but here are mitigating factors that should uh, improve my sentence. And what so, you the um, there's a word for that when when you find the reason why somebody did it. It's like the well, there's uh, there's usually well justification. There isn't there something where it's like if you think somebody did a crime, you kind of try to find out why they might have done it. Right. Oh, well, that's that's like that's sort of like uh, that goes to there's motive. The um, motive. Yeah, that's it. That's right, it. Yeah, right. Right. So like, yeah, that doesn't necessarily come up. That comes up in terms of uh, the prosecution's case. But typically, like, that's kind of like the line that it follows. Like you stonewall uh-huh. at first when the facts can't be denied. You try to argue uh, that the existence of other facts that helps prove your case. And uh, when you're dead to rights, basically, you throw yourself on the mercy of the court. Sure. Uh, and that's and that's like a, a typical sort of defense strategy, too. You, you'd see it in something like, you know, if you watch any of these big profile like murder cases, for instance, mm-hmm. it always starts off with like, I am completely 100 percent innocent. I did not do this. And then it's like, you know, uh, I like I did this, but I had a really good reason. And then when mm-hmm. that doesn't happen, just like, you know, I did this and I didn't really have a good reason. But, you know, I'm a father of two. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's like He's kind a of man the, of the community. Exactly. Alexis well, has been like running the, through this list. Like, what's, yeah. what's my father of two? What's my. Yeah. <laughs> well, Alex and I learned this when we did that Menendez Brothers play. So, <laughs> uh, so but, but uh, you know, it's very interesting. But what was your what, what, how does it connect to this this case? Like, basically. They're, well, they're yeah. So what it what also works, it works also in uh, the context of bringing a lawsuit as well, because it's that same thing of just like, you know, this is, a, you know, it's a massive conspiracy. Everyone's involved. And then it shrinks. And it's just like. It wasn't a massive conspiracy. It was like, you know, uh, you have three or four bad actors. It's like, well, that's it's numerically impossible for them to change the vote. And it's just like, all right, well, the procedure was fu- uh, was flawed. Like the way that they counted things, they, the way that they opened it up. Uh, and it's just like, well, that's part of the political process. And then it's just like, but Mr. Trump clearly would have won. It should be the winner. <laughs> he told yeah. us the truth. Right. When that, well, that's the thing of it, too, is because ultimately what it comes down to is that the uh, the voter pool was expanded because of the pandemic. But the thing is that that was part of the political process, like legislatures and executive governments, like basically said like, hey, we want to broaden access to the polls because of this national health emergency going on. And like I said, in, in typical years, like the Republicans are doing the exact uh, sort of uh, the exact opposite thing through the same means. They're limiting the uh, voter pool purging rolls, uh, basically trying to disqualify more people. 
And it just so happened that the circumstances this time around favored the, the Democrats. And uh, I think ultimately led to uh, the kind of turnout and the numbers that they needed to get Trump out of office. Yeah, and so, I always, yeah. every now and then, reality favors the Democrats. It's not often. <laughs> every now and then, it goes our way. Um, yeah, that's, I mean, so now they keep, they love that they lose. I, I actually have been looking at the parlor, looking at these tweets. They love losing because they're like, it's good. one more step to the Supreme Court. <laughs> and that's where we won. That's where we're winning it. But I mean, w that would be a shocker, right? Absolutely. Yeah, one hundred percent. Like, there's no like the the court is a lot of things. Uh, but as I've mentioned on the on the pod in the past, like they really really have a big heart on uh, for not making the institution look bad. Uh, you know, we, we we are getting these five four decisions. There was the um, the Cuomo religious ban decision that came out uh, earlier this week which was kind of a shocker where uh, Roberts sided with the uh, the liberal minority uh, and still lost. But overall, the court really is not a fan of taking steps uh, that undermine its credibility. You know, and, I read, yeah, yeah. I read uh, um, Kavanaugh's uh, uh, thing and he was pretty aggressive and he said, um, so it's okay to get a bottle of wine, but it's not okay to go to church. And I totally agree with you because when I go to the liquor store, I stand there for two hours shoulder to shoulder with my friends singing as loud as possible and then when i go to the church i just go for like a five minute blessing <laughs> so you know i totally understand why um yeah it's pretty nuts what 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 is tell us about hollywood how do they how are they thinking about this case over there uh are you are you by the hollywood sign itself like what's, i i live <laughs> directly under it uh it's oh my the gosh I can throw a rock at the D from my window. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I, uh, as I'm realizing now, as I listen to you two talk uh, for this show, I am so far outside of my comfort zone because I don't <laughs> know what I'm talking about with this stuff. So I cannot weigh in with what Hollywood thinks, but you two are doing a great job. <laughs> you know, I actually, no, I'm just curious if like, um, you know, people are just, like, I mean, I'm sure they are like, you know, but I, I'm wondering if people are like kind of like busy. You're probably busy working, but if, if people there are kind of like, oh, I wonder how it's going over there in Pennsylvania. Uh, <laughs> you know? I, no, I mean, there uh, I like the election week. There was, um, you know, like every TV and every green room uh, and every trailer was like tuned to the news. And it was like, oh, if anyone's walking by, let's poke their head and like, what, what's the count at now? You know, mm -hmm. I think the, the big stories that kind of permeate. um the cultural fabric are sort of always going to be talking points regardless of what your workplace is. Um, but yeah, we're, we're not really getting into the minutia of every news story on yeah. set. I don't think I kind of feel like that's the right way to be. I wish I was there. Cause I, cause I think, <laughs> I think election week was the big news. You know, that was yeah. like where who's going to win or not. And I was 20, I literally was watching 24 hours, like CNN, wake up in the morning, CNN, like whatever. Oh, now Alexis! Kind of Alexis, we have a we have a comment, by the way. Uh, I know, I noticed this. Yeah, I got really. <laughs> you care to pull it up? Yeah, sure, I'll pull it up. Uh, if you want to become famous, <laughs> buy some followers. So that's friends uh, and viewers. You, thank, thank you, thank you, Akbadak. Um, so two hundred fan of the pod. Yeah, um, but now this is this whole all this is bullshit. Like this is just like 
selling commercials and getting donations. Like this shit isn't real. Like the 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 court cases. I don't. Nothing's changed. People. Are oh, counting. I thought you were still talking about the comment. Bullshit. Everything Sorry, should be organic. There you go. You have to earn every follow. That's yeah, uh, Alexis's model. All seventeen. I yeah. tell you what. <laughs> I always, you know. The people who watch this, they really, really don't want me to know who watches this. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. That's it, it, that's just the right way to be. Finally, um, this this might involve you, Mike, because uh, you might be a person people might be wondering about in that sense. Um, governments around the world are starting to wonder who is important enough to get the vaccine first. I I myself think network sitcom stars. Should be first in line because you guys. I mean, you. You know what? You keep us home. You know, <laughs> if you think about it, like I, uh, in LA, uh, entertainment industry workers are considered part of the like essential workers category, mm -hmm. which is how we're all still able to go to work. Um, I don't necessarily agree with that, uh, but I, if the benefits come my way, I will reap them. Mm -hmm. There you go. There you go. This guy. This is a guy who's got two spots in line. That's what that, that's what that sounds like. Um, yeah. That, so people are wondering, and it's like it's interesting because it's also it's become a global question. People are not thinking intra-country, but they're kind of thinking of like, should people in America, like a regular person, get it over a healthcare worker in Sudan was one of the examples, right. of Politico or whatever. But um, basically. Well, I don't know. Off the top of your head, Mike, who do you uh, outside of Hollywood? And I'll let you. That will leave that neutral. You know, if they're first or whatever, that's fine. Yeah, I, don't, I, of, I hadn't them, who thought of it in terms of uh, like a like a global distribution. I always thought of it in terms of America. And when you break it down, like any given country, you just be like, oh well, you know, like doctors should get it, and then maybe old people, and you know, you can, you can kind of work your way backwards. But I think in a global sense, I have no idea how to answer that yeah. question. Uh, because, like, in my head, it's like, well, you know, Pfizer's an American company, which I don't even know if that's true, you know. But, um, uh, yeah, I I don't know. I don't know. I think, no, that's that's exactly, I think, what the world is kind of going through right now. And it's interesting because right now it's mostly theoretical. Like, the CDC is going to meet and they're going to talk about who should get it first. But we don't really have a global government. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. maybe we people will talk about like who should get it first, but at the end of the day, countries will take care of themselves. Right. Yeah, well, well that's been that's been going on too throughout like um, you know, if you follow the stock market. Uh, like a lot of these <laughs> vaccine companies actually, you know, the you know, the stocks will jump up because it's like, oh, Novavax, uh, you know, signs deal with India to provide 600 million doses. Uh, AstraZeneca signs deal with France to provide, you know, Sanofi Adventist signs deal with France to provide a billion doses. So these, you know, these deals have sort of been like going on. Uh, part of it is coming out with a viable vaccine, but it's probably the most important thing uh, to making sure that anyone gets it in the first place. But a lot of the uh, the government contracts, the funding that came through was sort of predicated on the idea that like, hey, we're going to get it first. Uh, like I remember with uh, France specifically, the the French president said that if Sanofi Aventis comes out of the vaccine, uh, French citizens would be first in line to uh, to receive it. And to some extent, you know, that makes sense. It's like, you know, you pay for it, you buy it. Um, but at the same time, like this broader question in terms of like, well, you know, we're, we don't want to, there's been so many inequities exposed uh, by the pandemic uh, in the countries and just throughout the world. Even the masks. Even there the, ma even the, ma even the masks. fucking masks. Yeah, yeah. exactly. 
So, you know, maybe there's a way to uh, sort of get this out in a way that's not going to exacerbate uh, these harms and, and, you know, sort of in terms of like uh, the workers who will get the, the protections first, uh, you know, ideally you'd want to do it with people who are at the most risk of getting COVID. Uh, and then also the folks who are at the most risk of dying from COVID or developing serious symptoms. And so it's, you know, it likely will be a situation where if you have money, uh, you will be able, somehow be able to get the vaccine or the palliative care that you need. But uh, yeah, and the rest of us uh, will have to wait and Alexis will probably be last. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, I'm very healthy, not mentally, but like healthy <laughs> nonetheless. I, I, you know what? I even think I had it. Like, I know I had the antibody test and I failed it, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I still, I still think I had it. Like I was so sick in uh, right when we closed um, my school and I work at a school, I work at a public school. Like it was like fucking, I had met everybody. And then uh, I was sick for two weeks um, with a dry cough, fever, blah, blah. And like, I was like, literally, even when I got better, I was knocked out. Like, cause, cause my chest, like my lungs were like full of fluid for like two weeks. I've never felt that before. So it would really suck if I was having sympathy pains. <laughs> to, to corona. Yeah. You know? um, people even were like, hey, maybe I had the flu, but like I never had a dry cough with the flu. And I, I've I heard that the this is a dry cough thing. So I don't know, you know, I don't know. But uh, uh, I haven't gotten it since. So yeah. <laughs> so you must be cured. It's like HPV, mm -hmm. right? Once you get through it, it's uh, <laughs> you're through the worst of it. You don't have to worry about it again, exactly. right? Exactly. <laughs> what are you guys planning to do if the if people start getting vaccinated, like like a lot, like a lot of people start getting vaccinated, you get a vaccine, like are you, like and, but and you are free to like do whatever you want. Like, what is the first thing you would do, uh, Mike? We'll start with you. What like what would you do? Or Alex, uh, who wants to go first? Uh, dinner and a movie. It's, oh, yeah. it, it's the smallest pleasures, but like, I really want to see a big fucking movie in a big fucking theater with a lot of people who are shot like, like an Avengers or like Harry Potter style movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Something that needs a crowd. Uh, and then I want to sit in a restaurant and, uh, and just order so many, like, uh, like a tapas restaurant, like shared foods. Yeah. You know what I mean, stuff I can touch with my hands, bar food, anything like that. That's, that's like number one, I think. That's interesting, Alex. What did, What about you? What would you? That's do? pretty cool. I think. Um, I think I would do. I think yeah, definitely in on the restaurant thing. I'd love to go to uh, an Indian restaurant uh, to feel the you know tear the naan in my in my hands and scoop the food into my mouth. Uh, like that's a that's just it was just a weird thing because I've you know I've definitely ordered that uh, since, but like the thought of like being out in a restaurant and like sharing a sharing a meal with people. Yeah. Uh, like that's just something that uh, that I really took for granted. Uh, the last couple of years. So I think that's something that uh, I would definitely want to go out and do. Uh, strangely, I don't feel the compulsion to go see an improv or a sketch comedy show. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Uh, my top ends, that's is, so offensive. Uh, to me. Well, okay. So I, I will say like live event does sound a bit like I want to go to like a concert or a football game or something. Mm. You know? Right. You guys took or my answer because I want to have a punk rock show. I want to go yeah. to a fucking punk rock, like, like just something that New York City hasn't seen since like 1995. Like I want to have like a sweaty, full <laughs> punk rock show at like a fucking abandoned CVS and just have like 200 people there just jumping around sweaty. Like that just sounds so fun. Like it, I wonder how people will change their attitude towards the general public from now on. 
because I almost feel like the we were kind of as a culture being like leaning away from live events, mm. leaning away from um, yeah. going out. Like, and part of its infrastructure, part of its money. You know, there's a lot of reasons why people just couldn't go out and stuff like that. Like live event spaces were closing down because of rent like ucb went out of business <laughs> before corona right you know, like, yeah it was uh, <laughs> i remember so those like town that. halls yeah um so uh the, you know i think people were kind of like getting i always say that like it's very tough tough to like point pin it down but we are losing access to the public square like we just cannot go out without like paying some paying or something like you know you have this park but it's like you know, I don't. I think New York City was a lot more free in the '80s than it is today. <laughs> um, so, but I think I hope people will be like, "Wow, like this shit's so important. It's important to go out. It's important to see other people, and yeah. not just the act of going out because like a lot of shit's expensive." But I hope that there is there people try to recapture the 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 public square and like just are like. I want to be allowed to go and see my friends and hang out in a place that's fucking free. Yeah. You know, that's like, there'll be, uh, I think there'll be another baby boom. I think a lot of people are just going to like go hook up and we'll just get a whole new, like flooded generation of just like, yeah, it was was like a post vaccine baby. You know, (laughs) the debt, the debt children generation. There you go. (laughs) I can tell Alexis is going to come out with like eight. (laughs) I I already started buddy. All right. (laughs) Um, yeah, no, that, that, that'll be fun. Um, you know, but we, we, I don't know, like it's, it's like tough to say because like we are still in the middle of the pandemic, uh, people are still dying and, um, you know, I mean, I heard as soon as middle December, they might put out some vaccines. Yeah. They, they said that they, they, we might be days away from a regulatory, uh, regulatory, uh, filing. And then after that, if the FDA approves quickly, like you could have stuff being distributed uh, before the end of the year. Yeah. So that's wild. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. I just hope it's tactical. (laughs) You know, I hope it's tactical and they like are able to just be like, you know, like, like just take out, take care of this spot. I mean, it's really tough because this shit is everywhere. Like in Nebraska, it's really bad. Shout out to Anne. Uh, Like it's, it's, it's it's bad everywhere. And like, so you can't just be like, oh, the population centers like New York City and, you know, Dallas and L.A. Like, it's like bad everywhere. And there's just no way around it. Like, people are just spreading like crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out. <laughs> Shout out. <laughs> um, so, uh, Mike, what? Um, I think that's our show. I think that's. <laughs> oh, okay, sure. Yeah, I think that is like our show. The guy who thinks about it is like, yeah, there's the end. Yeah. <laughs> there's one more story that I kind of quickly we'll go over but it's like the um the border sec- border like uh, homeland security uh detained two women for speaking spanish both were born in america but they were like they they're like people don't speak spanish in montana <laughs> they were detained <laughs> two women for speaking spanish and like and they're both nurses and then like they sued or whatever they they made a um they had a uh um a settlement but an undisclosed settlement cuz i must have been very small or whatever but that is so strange like that that's allowed at all. Like you would think that would be a national embarrassment, but yeah, it reminds me of the, uh, the salad case. Remember the, uh, the attorney in New York who overheard, overheard two women talking in Spanish at like a a just salads or something. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I forgot about that. Remember that. Yeah, of course. 
Man, that was yeah. a, yeah, the pre, <laughs> what we did pre-COVID. Yeah. <laughs> we Gosh. picked fights with immigrants at uh, uh, slow food uh, salad establishments. Yeah. yeah. Now you thank them for bringing you food while you work. <laughs> there we go. Uh, What's so, what the difference of virus snakes? You uh, know, <laughs> yeah, silver linings. <laughs> uh so mike uh your show starts january 7th that's right, right? january what? 7th uh with a double episode premiere and then we're on thursday nights on nbc does the first episode on thursday or it's on uh, yeah yeah J january 7th is a thursday yes oh hell yeah and what time awesome uh i think eight seven central don't hold me wow out. that's a great slot yeah, yeah eight, awesome eight o'clock on thursday you know, trailer trailer looks hilarious <laughs> yeah the, Wait, sorry. Uh, sorry, the trailer looked hilarious. Oh, and, thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, be believe it or not, I was a Becker fan. So, wow. I, <laughs> so send it up the chain, <laughs> will you, Mike? <laughs> when, you know, I don't know how old I was because I feel like it was not so long ago. Maybe I was in my teens, but I remember watching basically every episode. Um, and then uh, wow. later on, when I grew up, I heard people would make fun of it you know there's like remember that show with ted danson where he was a doctor can you believe it or whatever and i was like what people didn't like it. <laughs> I, thought, <laughs> I thought it was great he had a blind black friend <laughs> you know, so he, we got at a bar with i just love that show because it was like there was like something of like a guy who like he was like a doctor or whatever but he, the way he treated his patients was literally like the uh plumber who lived next door who just shit on you all day <laughs> like hey buddy your leaks are your pump they're fucking pipes burst over there wish you knew a plumber i'm not gonna be there bye like just like weird <laughs> mind games with people um so yeah <laughs> shout out to, shout, shout out, out to becker uh so um uh great so i can't wait to check out your uh your show yeah um i have i have tv i've got cable i'm gonna i'm gonna check it Ooh. out maybe a, 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 a live okay. a live stream running commentary me and alex will do it when, when it <laughs> 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 comes out uh great uh so thanks so much uh for coming on mike thank you for having me this was a yeah. lot of fun please have please stay safe and as we end every episode of the alexis prayer program um uh we end with a final thought from the man who will one day, very soon, be arguing for Trump in front of the Supreme Court, <laughs> uh, why he should serve a third term. Uh, Alex Estrada. Alex, why don't you take us away with your Oh, geez. Well, it's funny that we talked about finances here because, you know, I, I like to give like little stock picks every once in a while. Uh, so I'm just going to say this week, uh, I really like. Uh, I really like uh, Carnival Cruise. Uh, if you're looking for a buy, strong buy, we got that vaccine coming out. That stock's going to pop back up to its highs in the uh, 50s and the 60s there. It's currently trading around 20. I'm going to say hold on Tesla. There's a lot of excitement coming out in the battery community. Uh, and uh, there's uh, there's been some promising things developing, but it's too hot right now. So if you've got it, hold on to it. Wait to see what happens. And uh, the one sock you cannot afford to hold on to that you need to sell the fuck out of because it's going to tank is Alexis. Hey, <laughs> you're holding to the Alexis. Me. Sell, sell, sell. Am I Get on Yahoo Finance? <laughs> Am I on there? Oh, my gosh. You trade over the counter. 